I recommend that you test it. And the reason that it's important to test is because when you're uploading daily content over the course of seven days, you're basically creating all of this competition for yourself all over YouTube. So when you're uploading like once or twice or three times per week, then you have a little bit of gaps in between each video that you upload. And as a viewer, people only have so much time. Welcome to High End Client Acquisition Podcast. My name is Marion. I'm your host. And this show is here to teach you how to attract your dream clients on autopilot in 30 days or less. Each week, I bring you a guest or a strategy that can help you take your business to the next level. Don't forget, you can always get the episodes in your inbox or messenger at clientacquisitionpodcast.com. Nick, so first of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I know we've been chatting for uh, about a week or two about you coming on the show and share your knowledge with my audience. So I appreciate you coming here. For people that may not be familiar with your huge YouTube influence, do you mind to just give us a quick backstory on why did you get started on YouTube specifically? Because I know you're like, you really focused on that platform and why somebody should think about that in 2020. Absolutely. So first, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, I've been excited to actually come on here. So I'm pumped to, you know, share the information with the, you know, with your audience. Um, when it comes to uh, YouTube and my experience with YouTube and what got me onto YouTube, basically, um, I had a graphic design service where um, I was doing, you know, client work and some freelance work and things like that. And uh, this was with my brother and we had some difficult clients that we had picked up. I'm sure if you do any type of client work, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and, and it started taking our creativity because we're both creative people, it started taking our creativity and the design side of things that we love and started putting this dark cloud over it in terms of like, man, we've got these difficult clients, but we can't just like let them go because they're contract clients, which means they're paying us every month. And because of that, you know, we're in Asia. So we're not in the States, which is where we grew up, which means that we can't, if things go south here, we just say, hey, we're just going to stop doing this and experiment with some other things. We can't just go and like get a job if it doesn't work out to tide us over, right? Because it's illegal. <laughs> so we can't do that. So because of that, we had to start exploring different things that we could get into that would still allow us to maintain our lifestyles and things that we've enjoyed, you know, living over here in Thailand. Um, one of the things that I started exploring was internet marketing. And one of the things that was popular at the time back in 2014 was people were saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting great results on YouTube from basically making videos and then funneling people into my email list from YouTube. And so I'm like, okay, so people are doing this on YouTube. And initially I was, I was thinking to myself, like, I do not want to be that person on camera. I don't want to make videos. And I started having all these things within the side of myself in terms of just a lack of confidence of being on camera, you know, in my thirties at the time. And I'm thinking, you know, Hey, if I start uploading videos to YouTube, you know, I'm not a kid. Should I even be uploading videos to YouTube? I'm sure people are going to eat me alive in the comments. What if somebody I know sees this? What if my brother sees it? Cause I didn't tell him. Um, I'm like, you know, what if my brother, you know, sees the videos that I upload and he gives me a hard time or friends of mine, like, you know, and I had all these insecurities about um, going onto YouTube, but um, it just kept coming into my brain over and over and over again. So I'm like, you know what? It keeps presenting itself. So I'm going to go for it. So I uploaded my very first video on YouTube about overcoming camera shyness or how to overcome camera shyness. And the reason that that was my first video was just because that was a thing that I had to overcome in order to get on the platform in the first place. And I was inspired at the time by people like Daryl Eves and Tim Schmoyer and James Wedmore and Gideon Shawick and, you know, those types of uh, channels who everybody, I think um, James is the only person that I haven't, you know, met out of that, uh, out of that list now, but I was inspired by them. And that kind of 
of, they helped me have the courage to start a YouTube channel. So scene fades to, you know, YouTube channel started, I've got about 150 subscribers and I was on the current channel that everybody knows me from now. And I was on that channel, about 150 subscribers. And I had a friend, he's now a friend of mine who was crossing 100,000 subscribers at that time on YouTube. In his video, he said, I'm getting ready to put together a 100,000 subscriber video. Um, if my channel has ever done anything for you, then make a video, let me know about it. And if it's good, then maybe it'll end up in the video. So I'm like, Hey, it's going to take me, you know, three minutes to set up my camera and just make a short video. So let me do it. So I made a video, I submitted it to him and really quick, he got back to me and he's like, Hey, I love how you present on camera. Your quality is good. Your, you know, the audio is great. It sounds good. And your, your video quality is good. And I would like to work with you on another channel because I think that you're limiting your potential on this type of channel. And I wasn't doing YouTube tips at the time. Um, at the time I was doing like how to overcome camera shyness, how to come up with video ideas, is how to be productive when you're working in a coffee shop because that's the life that I was living at the time. Um, and like that type of content, you know, how to be productive. I wasn't necessarily targeting YouTube content creators. And to be honest, I didn't even know what I was doing. I had no idea. I was just, you know, making videos. Hey, it's Tuesday. I need to upload a video. Uh, what can I make a video about? And then I would just put a video together and put it up. And there wasn't a lot of thought that went into it except for I need to make sure that I have an opt-in in some of this stuff so that I can make sure I'm trying to grow my email list. That was it. And scene fades to me leaving my current channel, working on that other channel for a little over nine months um, with three months prior planning before actually, you know, publishing the content. And I put out like 80 something videos on that channel. And he had given me the advice of the same advice that I give to other people now. YouTube is a long game. So because of that, make sure that your upload schedule and everything that you're doing around your YouTube channel is sustainable because it can take a while sometimes to get momentum. And, you know, your channel might do well right out of the gate or it might take some time. So make sure that you're building that into your upload schedule. Of course, I'm like, hey, I'm all in. And I started uploading way more than I should have. And I started investing way more time than I should have at the time. And I started basically pulling away from my design business before I was making any money on YouTube. And all of my time was going into YouTube. And I was actually costing myself clients and things like that. And it caused a lot of stress for me and a lot of emotional distress. <laughs> and, um, and I had to make a decision. That process taught me a lot about YouTube, taught me some of the foundational elements of YouTube and taught me the side of you know how powerful it is in terms of generating a community and just interacting with people and getting feedback on the on the cool stuff that you're uploading. And I'm like, okay, I'm hooked on YouTube. This is definitely a path that I want to walk. But at this point in time, I'm burned out. I, I can't do, I, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't, you know, spend three days making a, a video because that channel, you know, I had to research the content, condense it down into easy, you know, bite-sized information, put the videos together. I was new at the time. It was taking me forever to actually edit a video, that kind of thing. So I was in love with YouTube and the whole thing around YouTube, but I just had to, stop that channel because it was just taking up way too much time. And, and, and I literally distressed myself to the point of not being able to do it. And so I said, okay, I'm in love with it. So I'm going to come back to my other channel because that content was easier to make because it was just reflective of, you know, the things that I was going through at the time. And it was just easier content to make. So if I do go back to that other channel, the very first thing that I have to do, if I want to go all in on YouTube is I have to monetize, not through ads, but I have to learn how to monetize in a way that will make this something sustainable that I can do for years to come. So I built a website, tubertools.com is still online. I built a website um, where people can like have digital downloads, that sort of thing. And I started funneling traffic there where people were, were buying things there. But at the time I was also offering services off of that website as well. And the funny thing is I ended up being able to quickly leave the design service that I had with my brother. I was able to quickly leave that, focus my 
efforts on the services that I was providing off of the website and the digital downloads and all of that and put more time into YouTube. But the funny thing is I ended up in the same situation where I'm going design stuff for people and I'm trying to upload videos, but you know, like I don't want to do the design stuff. I just want to upload videos and, and do that sort of thing. So I had to, you know, make that call um, in terms of, you know, trying to introduce a new strategy on how I was going to monetize and, and how I was going to do things. So I started going really hard on affiliate marketing, started offering different services that weren't design based at the time, that sort of thing. So it's been, a, it's been a crazy experience and there's been a lot of, you know, different, things that a lot of people don't know about, um, you know, on the journey or a lot of different stems off of the journey. Um, but you know, I'm happy so far how it's, uh, how it's turned out. Love it, man. And, and I knew some part of your story, but I wanted you to share it. Cause I think a lot of people can relate to what you just shared, but number one, before we even get into tactics and strategies, I know you mentioned something. So you're in Thailand. It's so it's 10 AM on Eastern time. It's what? 9 PM on your Yes. Yep. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock PM. Just getting started for the night. I'll be up for a few more hours. <laughs> Love it, man. So just quickly share like a, just in, in a couple of sentences, like I wouldn't, I shouldn't ask you why talent. Cause I, you probably just traveled there a little bit and then you, you loved it. And then you decide like, Hey, the, you know, the heck how do I stay here? Through? Yeah. It's pretty much it. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. So, all right. A lot of people that watch or, or listen to this episode, they are coaches, consultants, or course creators, right? Or even some people that do agency work. So you just said something really powerful, right? Let's go into what would you recommend somebody? Let's assume, you know, they could be maybe fitness trainers that just put out content about, you know, how to lose weight, things like that. Health coaches, marketing agencies, right? People in this kind of methods of, of creating content, what would you recommend somebody like that to what type of content they should create? And I know this could be different in terms of, hey, do you want to grow your agency or you want to move away from it, right? Because these two will be two different topics. Absolutely. So let's maybe cover both of them. Okay. So if you are um, if you are a consultant, because I did that for a while and I'll get back to it, but I'm working on some personal projects right now. I've graduated everybody. So now I'm just kind of, you know, focusing on my time to work on some other projects and I'm going back to it. But in terms of growing a consulting agency from YouTube, it's a gold mine. Um, basically the idea, if you are a consultant or a coach, you know, whichever way you want to frame it, if you're a consultant or coach and you have a YouTube channel, simply think of all of the problems that people have that they come to you to solve. And you make content about that because that gets you in front of them. And every single time they watch one of your videos, you're sharing with them your expertise on that particular thing that they're having trouble with and you can push them, right? You can be like, Hey, you know, if you want to work with me, so on and so forth, but you can also just do small things. Like when you introduce yourself, you let them know, you know, let's say your name is Mike and you have a fitness consulting firm. You can be like, Hey, I'm Mike from fitnessconsulting.com. Um, you know, welcome to another video today. We're going to be talking about X, Y, Z. And what you're doing in that situation is you're just passively letting people know that you have a website that they can check out. And by doing that, you are spreading awareness about your website and passively about your services. You can be a little bit more hardcore about it if you would like. You can say, hey, I'm Mike from fitnessconsulting.com or fitnesscoach.com. And, um, you know, where we help people who think they're healthy get into the best shape of their life or, you know, whatever your, whatever your value proposition is. And then you move on with the actual video content itself. But the idea is to just slowly over time, just let people know that you have that service available. Now, the beauty of YouTube is when you start ingraining that stuff into your videos or embedding that stuff into your videos, the huge win is over time, you start creating 
creating an audience of people that keep coming back to your channel because you have just this wealth of information on your channel that helps them pro- solve all these different problems that they're trying to solve. And you, every single video that you have where you're embedding that information, it is on YouTube working for you 24 hours a day to get you in front of people and spread awareness about the services that you, the products and services that you have to offer. So when you're doing that sort of thing, you are literally creating all of these videos that are out there while you're sleeping, while you are, you know, driving to your office, while you're taking the kids to school, while you're doing all the other things that you do in your life, these videos are out there bringing you customers because people are going there. They're seeing that you know what you're talking about through the information that you're sharing in your content and they are going to your website and they are, you know, signing up or hitting you up for uh, consulting. So a really funny story that I have, I had a, a client, I just worked with them for a month and they basically wanted to start doing fashion consulting. The very first step when you're doing any of this stuff is making it possible for people to work with you. So he hits me up and he's like, hey, you know, I want to do, uh, you know, fashion consulting and you know, I have a small YouTube channel. And he did, I think it was like a thousand subscribers at the time. And he's like, you know, I have a small YouTube channel and I want to start doing fashion consulting. The very first thing I asked is, do you have a website? No. Um, do you have any way that people can know to contact you? No, not really. Um, what about, uh, you know, in your videos, do you let people know that you even offer this? No, not really. So what we started doing, right out of the gate is I said, okay, while you're working on building your website, just put an email address in your video description, letting people know right next to that email address, you know, um, for fashion consulting, contact me at his email address. Um, And then he started mentioning also the website that he was building and things like that in his videos. And literally within like two or three videos, um, he got his first fashion consulting client. So the idea is when you are putting this stuff in your videos, you have to make sure that one, you're able to receive the business when it comes your way and two, that you're actually thinking through the process that your viewers are going to go through. So the process is they have a problem they're trying to solve. They come to YouTube and they start watching videos about that particular problem. They run across your video. You keep telling them they just keep getting hit every single time they watch one of your videos through your intro with your, with your website. Eventually, if they don't want, if they don't get your website within that first video they watch after they watch two, three videos, eh, maybe I should go check out their website and see what it is that they're doing on their website. If you're being more specific about what it is that you offer, maybe that person's not ready to buy at that particular point, or they're not ready to contact you at that particular point. But if they subscribe to your channel, or even if they don't subscribe, but they end up watching more of your content, YouTube is going to end up putting more of your videos in front of them anyway, which is going to, again, keep pulling them back into what it is that you're doing over time, which if they're not able to, to, to contact you now, there's a strong likelihood that they might be able to contact you, you know, down the road. So again, when you think of the longevity of this, when you put out a video now and you keep putting out videos for the next year, as an example, or the next two years on your YouTube channel, you go from having, you know, one video that's out there working for you on your behalf, you know, creating this, this little um, funnel for you on YouTube to over the next, you know, year or two years, you know, you might have a hundred videos on your YouTube channel or 200 videos, depending on, on how aggressive you are. You might have 200 videos on your YouTube channel that are positioned in search that YouTube's recommending next to other videos on YouTube that YouTube is putting on people's homepages that are literally driving customers to you. And the beauty of YouTube, two really, really important things to make sure that you understand about YouTube is one, the content is discoverable, not just on YouTube, but it's also discoverable on other search engines as well. So if you do target search terms as one of the ways, as part of your content strategy, as one of the ways that you're bringing people into your channel, especially as a coach or consultant when you're solving problems, then in that situation, what you're doing is you're giving yourself the opportunity to get exposure on YouTube, but also outrank authority websites on Google, Yahoo, 
Bing and every other search engine that's out there that displays video results for the specific services that you that you offer from your content. So it's extremely powerful in that regard. The next thing is YouTube has, um, we'll just call it audience matching for the sake of just making it easy, but yeah. YouTube basically audience matches. And what that means is, if you have people come into your video content who are engaging with your content, they're subscribing to your channel, they're giving it thumbs up, they're commenting, they're watching the videos for you know a fair amount of time or they're watching multiple videos on your channel, YouTube starts identifying that this particular type of viewer enjoys this content. Now the big, humongous, gigantic win on YouTube is that once YouTube identifies the right type of viewer for your content based on what it is that YouTube cares about, which is how often do people click on this? How long, how much, how do they enjoy that video once they do click on it? Once they identify that person that enjoys that content, then YouTube goes to work on your behalf. And as new people are coming onto the platform, as people start watching videos on other channels related to yours um, topically, then what happens is YouTube starts notifying, starts um, their system starts identifying that, hey, the people that are watching this channel over here and they're enjoying this type of content, that's also similar to this content um, on this other channel, this new channel, your channel in this situation, they need to see this content or let's start showing the content that's on this channel over here because it's similar topically to this content and people are really digging this. And when we send people to these videos or we put videos, these videos in front of people on YouTube, they respond to these as well. So let's start showing the viewers of this channel, the videos on this channel. And then what happens is YouTube literally starts driving your customers to you and they start finding your customers for you where it just becomes an an effortless process. So all you have to do in that situation is just make sure that you stay focused on who it is that you're actually trying to reach and make the content for them. And then YouTube does all of the work for you. All you have to do is think through the process of how you're actually going to spread awareness of what it is that you offer and how you're going to make it possible for those people to get in touch with you so you can actually you know, provide the services that they are trying to get from you. Love it, man. This was literally a crash course on how to create content in literally about 10 minutes. So love that. Now, let's get a little bit into, and we, I know we just chatted about it right before the interview. If like, how do you separate, you know, because every, I don't know, and to be honest, I guess everybody will get to this point. Doesn't matter what type of service or course or uh, consulting you want to create, you want to also not just get leads, but also grow the channel, right? Sure. So at what point in time you separate or how do you focus on creating content that will drive more subscribers versus creating content, right? Because if you are in a niche, we were just talking about my wife's channel, she's in the beauty industry, uh, but her niche is lash extension services and lash extension courses, right? So we were talking about this and uh, she said, but what if I do makeup tutorial? Because I'm also, I'm also skilled at that. So I can get, you know, because their lash extension channels are just like, I think the, the biggest that I've seen, it's like 90 to 100K subscribers, but okay. makeup channels are like five, six, 10 million subscribers, right? So sure. of course she kind of, she would like a piece of that, but she also doesn't want to lose focus on, on the niche part. So where do you see the line in there? How do you focus on, you pick like one trending topic a month to just blow up and then the rest you focus on the, the niche one? What do you think about that? The line is the audience. So basically the, the people that you're trying to reach with your content is the most important thing. Because if you know the people that you're trying to reach with your content, then what you're doing is you are making content for those 
for that target person. So if you take like your marketing perspective, right? And with marketing, you know, you figure out that target avatar, right? Of a, this is the person that we're trying to reach with our marketing campaign. And you build, you know, like your ads around them and all this stuff because you know who that person is and where it is on the internet that you're trying to reach him and all that good stuff. The same exact thing applies to YouTube. If you know who it is that you're actually going after, then you don't have to make, in, in that case, you don't have to make just um, eyeliner or what is it? Eyelash. Uh, lashes versus makeup. Lashes and makeup. Okay, so you don't have to make just eyelash uh, content in that situation. You have to think about, okay, the, the people that care about eyelashes, are they wearing makeup? Sure they are. If they are going through the process of, you know, doing whatever it is that people do to their eyelashes, yeah. then in that situation, there's, there's a really good chance that that person is also into makeup. So because of that, the channel would be a natural fit to also talk about makeup as well. But one thing that she might want to consider is so that she can specialize and so that she can also stand out against all of the other makeup channels is she could just focus on eyes. So, you know, she has like her um, her eyelashes. She makes content about, you know, eyebrows. She makes content about, you know, the eyeshadows and how to make your eyes, you know, um, you know, look more, you know, sultry or whatever it is that you do, you know, in, in makeup. But, you know, what she needs to think about, she needs to think about the people that she's trying to reach. And then she also needs to think of how she can separate herself from just being, you know, a standard makeup channel. Because the the thing in that is there's a, amazing makeup channels on YouTube already. And because of that, she has to make herself stand out because there needs to be a reason that somebody should watch her instead of one of the other popular makeup channels, right? So if she were to focus on just the eyes, then what happens in that situation is somebody that is working on the process of, hey, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, work on my eye makeup and, you know, make my eyes look better through makeup or however that whole thing works. We probably should have done this on another topic just because I'm not, I don't know a lot about makeup, but the, uh, but the idea is, is simply to where, um, if somebody comes into her channel and they watch one of her videos on, on eye stuff, then they clearly are qualified as soon as they click on that video to watch more videos on eye stuff. So what she does in that situation is she starts putting her content together in a way that leads them to her eyelash content. So in that situation, you know, she might bring them in on something about, uh, you know, eyeshadow, but then, you know, she recommends, you know, Hey, if you, if you want to really make your eyes, you know, really stand out and look beautiful, then watch this video uh, right here. Um, and she would point to it in her end screen or, you know, link in the comment, watch this video right here about, um, about how to make your, you know, eyelashes look better. And, and then in that case, what she's doing is she's using all of these other videos on um, YouTube that she's publishing to funnel people into her eyelash content um, because they're interested in, you know, making their eyes look better. So because of that, it's really important, regardless of the type of content that you make, to just think about that end user that you're trying to reach and think about all the things that they're, that they're, that they could be interested in, um, that would be directly related to what it is that you're trying to sell. So as an example, people will often think, you know, Hey, when I'm niching down on YouTube, that means I can only make one type of content. Like, you know, like with, with your wife, for example, and the thing that you have to think about is it's not necessarily that you make one type of content. It's more so that you're making content for one type of person or one type of viewer, right? And by doing that, then that helps YouTube be able to identify the right fits for your channel. So they know the right people that will respond to it when they show it to them on their home pages and next to other videos and so on. And that's how that whole audience building thing works in terms of them finding the right viewers for your channel. Love it, man. And I think like almost the same thing applies to me. Like my channel, it's about, I think, at this point, it's about 2,500 subscribers. So it's pretty small. Um, but last month, I, uh, it was a trend around Facebook shops, right? Like Facebook released uh, a new thing. So I saw the trend, I saw a couple of videos. I went up and I did a really in-depth tutorial about 25 minutes or so. So 
the video, like most of my videos just organically were previously getting, I don't know, anywhere from 50 views to like 100 or, or so, right? That one got about 4,000 views and it brought me about 80 subscribers. Nice. So then I did a, uh, two or three others related, like how to promote your Facebook shop, how to integrate payment processing into your Facebook shop. Those are the two videos did not do so well. They still brought a fairly, you know, like more views than the regular ones. Uh, but I think that's kind of the same thing, right? Like for example, it was still within the marketing topics that I'm talking about, right? Because I cover Facebook ads, I, I cover YouTube ads and things like that. And then this trend just, I. Uh, I would call it, I was lucky that it was a trend within the marketing <laughs> sure, kind sure. Of industry that he came the, up. The idea that you're talking about is without question, it's important. Like regardless of the type of content that you make, paying attention to trends in your industry so that you can talk about things that people are interested in at that point in time. You know, that, that's just a, like that is a, a smart approach no matter what. Um, however, one thing that is also important to think about is you, in your particular situation, you had the one video pop, but the other two videos didn't pop compared to the other videos on your channel. So one thing that you have to think about is it might not necessarily just be the topic, it could be, but it could also simply be that the people aren't clicking on the other ones, like your click-through rate is lower um, based on what it is that you did with your thumbnail and title compared to the other video. And the watch time that they're getting, um, your average view duration that you're getting from um, the people that do click on it might be lower compared to the other videos, which could also cause those videos not to perform as well. At least for now, it's possible that YouTube could find the right audience for those and those could come back to life later, especially if you start creating the relationship between the content. So one thing, just a little quick sidebar here. Um, one thing that, um, that YouTube tells us inside of the YouTube Creator Academy, it's free. Everybody that is interested in YouTube should go through it. It's called the YouTube Creator Academy. It's put together by YouTube. It's like an instruction manual for YouTube. But basically one of the things that they tell you in there is that they show videos to people that um, that are topically related and you can kind of solidify that topically that topical relation and they also tell you um, which you're already doing by talking about Facebook and then they also tell you that YouTube typically suggests content next to each other that viewers watch next to each other so or that people typically watch together is the language that they use so in that situation what you would want to do is you would actually want to try to force that relationship somewhat a couple ways that you can do it or a few ways that you can do it one is in your very first video that did well, if you knew you were making that content um, on those other two videos, and this is where planning comes in, but if you knew you were gonna make those other two videos, letting people know really quick, hey, this video is part of a series about Facebook, so I'll put a link to that playlist down in the description. Um, so at the end of this video, you know, make sure you click that. And then you tell them again at the very end of your video, um, you know, to, to you know, learn more about Facebook, click into this playlist right here. And then what you're doing in that situation is you're creating the opportunity to create the relationship between those videos because the people that are watching video A, they go to video B per your recommendation and then they go to video C per your recommendation and you're creating that flow. And once the YouTube system identifies that flow, then YouTube will start sliding those into the next up spot as long as people are responding to that content in terms of average view duration um, on those as well. So, you know, it's really important to kind of plan those things out. Like in your case, if you're doing those Facebook videos, if you haven't yet, I would make sure that you put all of those Facebook videos into a playlist, make sure that it's a series playlist um, if you haven't already. And basically a series playlist is just one option. You click into your advanced settings of your playlist and then it's a little checkbox. And the reason that you wanna make it a series playlist is because YouTube tells us also that um, if a video is in a series playlist, they're more likely 
to show the other videos in that playlist next to the videos that are in that playlist because you're telling their system that they are related to each other in some way. So it's not just you're putting them in a playlist, you're putting them in a series playlist. And the difference is a regular playlist, you can put in any video on YouTube, it can be from any channel, um, and you can put any video in as many playlists as you want to. But with a series playlist, each video on YouTube can only be in one series playlist and that series playlist can only be videos from your particular channel. So what you're doing there is you're actually creating content in blocks and then you're telling YouTube that these videos are related to each other in some way um, through that series playlist checkbox and then you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube showing that content next to each other. But you also want to hand off in your end screens to those other videos or the playlist. And you also want to add pinned comments because you want to make sure that you are trying to also drive people to the next piece of content that they should watch um, as well so that you're helping YouTube solidify that relationship by recommending that content yourself. Love it. And I love the fact that you went so deep into the tactical part of it because that's that's something that I didn't even know exists, like the series thing. I didn't even know yeah. that it exists. So will that kind of... It's, it's kind of hidden. Most, pe most people don't. Like when I mention that in videos, comments are filled. Oh my God, I didn't even know that was there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, a lot of people don't even know that that, uh, that that feature exists. Love it, man. So, uh, would that kind of quote unquote influence YouTube to show in suggested like other, like kind of playlist or, or other content of mine? The other videos. Yeah. That's the idea that's is basically, um, when you, when you link them together in a series playlist and you're telling people, you know, in your end screen, basically you, think of it this way. Your container is your series playlist. All three of the videos that you just mentioned about Facebook, as long as they're related in some way to each other and it would make sense for people to watch one and then the other one, um, then what you do is you put those into that series playlist. And then by marking that, you're telling YouTube that they're related to each other. So if somebody's watching video A, then you're increasing the likelihood of video B and C being suggested next to video A. If somebody's watching video B, then you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube suggesting A or C next to that video when they're watching it on the, on the video watch page. So, um, so what you're doing is you're actually, you're just telling YouTube that these videos are related to each other. And then you're leveling that whole thing up by trying to send people to those videos so that human beings are actually watching those videos next to each other, or they're watching them together which then will cause YouTube to start, you know, showing them next to each other more. Because of course, if they're, if they are being a little caveat here is if um, they are being suggested next to those videos, but people aren't responding to them in terms of they're not clicking on them and they're not watching those videos, then, then YouTube over time will start demoting those videos. So this little, this little thing right here with the series playlist, um, I picked up a, I picked up a client. Um, this was probably a year ago. Um, they had one video on their channel that was driving a lot of views to their YouTube channel. The highest amount of views that they had in a day on that channel was like 200,000. And we did this thing. Very first thing I do um, in that situation when I'm working with a client is I go and I see the content that's performing. And then I try to find content that would make sense to put in the series playlist and that whole thing. So what I did in their situation is I took um, I took a handful of their videos that made sense to put together. Um, it, was a blog, it was a blog channel. I, I made a series playlist with them. I linked them all together in the end screens and um, the pinned comments. I even put links in the video description, you know, so the people that went down there could find them. But what happened is within two days of doing that, that would, that video went from 
a peak of 200,000 views per day, but normally is around 100. And it went to 11 million views um, for the day. And then it tapered off from there. But even now it continues to get spikes to where it'll, you know, jump up to like a million views and then go back down and then maybe 500,000 and then go back down. But by creating that relationship between the content and the important part is that people went through, it was all high performing content on the channel, but people went through and they would watch this one to the end, watch this one to the end, watch this one to the end. And that triggered YouTube to just, you know, throw that video out in front of tons of people because that originating video was creating tons of watch time on the channel because they would watch that one, the next one, the next one the next one. So that originating video just got pumped all over YouTube, which was great. Love it, man. I love all these tactics because I'm I'm used, like the audience is actually really used with this type of relation. So don't be afraid to go like deep into this because I'll probably okay. even show some screenshots on the screen. And, and real quick, just to say like that, that particular example, like this works almost every time, as long as you have content that people enjoy in your channel. Um, like that was, that's an example I like to give because it's like an outlier. That's like an extreme result. Um, however, like this works all the time. So as long as you can get get people to to go from video to video, then those those originating videos, it might not happen right away like it did in that situation I just told you. It might, but it might not. It might take, you know, a month of YouTube, you know, collecting that data that, hey, people are going from here to here. And it might take you on that originating video from like 100 views a day to maybe 500 views a day. But it does create that gain because you are creating that relationship between videos and all the videos in that playlist um, will, also, uh, will also get that lift. But people have to respond to the content. You got to be making good content. That's always the, that's always the stab in the heart, right? Is, (laughs) is, you know, at the core of everything, you have to make good content that, that people care about. And one of the things too, you mentioned um, previously uh, was about, you know, like when you are, um, you know, trying to generate leads, should you focus on leads? Or if you're trying to grow your channel, should you focus on that? Um, You should focus on whatever's, you know, whatever's the most important to you. However, if you focus on the viewer, then everything else will just happen, right? So if you focus on the viewer and you make it possible for, for them to know that you offer products and services, but you're just focused on adding as much value as possible to the people that are watching your content without trying to sell them stuff all the time, then what's going to happen is those people are going to keep coming back. Your videos are going to perform. People are going to subscribe. Your channel is going to grow and you're going to generate tons of uh, leads and sales for whatever it is that you're doing. Love it. So going kind of back to working on getting more subscribers, getting more watch time, getting more views. Let's let's go back to kind of the, the first time like YouTube started, right? Like the YouTuber that's just starting out right now and the first 100 or the first 1000 subscribers do you recommend running any sort of ads to i shouldn't say buy subscribers because these are real people you just promote you pay with it's marketing yeah it's marketing there's nothing wrong with marketing there's nothing wrong with marketing a youtube channel it's not that you're buying subscribers or views or anything like that it's marketing if i'm if i'm selling if i'm selling coffee cups well i gotta let people know that i have this coffee cup available so sure running ads there's no problem with that but at the core you have to make sure before you run ads that you can get an organic response also and the reason that that's important is because let's say that you go and you spend a thousand dollars on ads or let's say you spend a hundred bucks on ads then what happens is you have this influx of traffic coming into your youtube channel you have people that you know will subscribe just because they you know came in they clicked on it and they're like hey you know subscribe because you told them to and then you publish your next video If people are not clicking on that next video because you haven't developed the skill yet of making compelling thumbnails and compelling titles, then what you did is you just spent a bunch of money on ads for people that are not going to come back to the channel because you're not able to get that organic response. So initially, it might seem like, great, I'm getting views, I'm getting subscribers in this ad campaign, it's working. But as soon as you turn off the ads, if you are not able to generate an organic response on YouTube in terms of getting people to click, getting people to uh, watch your content for an acceptable amount of time and getting 
getting people to further engage and even come back to the channel to watch more of your content, then what you're doing is you are handicapping yourself because as soon as you turn off that ad money, then your channel's just gonna tank because you haven't developed the skill yet of being able to make content that people care about and actually get them to click on that content. That makes a lot of sense. So other things that you have to think about as well, just, just to go ahead and say it for the sake of just letting everybody know is you also, when you're running ads, a lot of people will make the humongous mistake of saying, okay, well, I'm going to target these like uh, these low ad rate countries so that I can swell up my subscriber count and it'll look great for me outside and that'll cause more people to subscribe and that sort of thing. But what you do is if you miss target your advertising, when you do run ads, you're working against yourself again, because what's going to happen is YouTube is identifying. These are the type of people that are coming into this channel. These are the people that are subscribing. You publish a video, then they're showing your video to those people instead of the people that you're actually trying to reach. And you're not going to be able to convert, um, you know, some, you know, kid in Malay or uh, uh, Cambodia because it's a low ad revenue country or in Thailand, you're not going to be able to convert them into a, you know, long-term customer for your business. So because of that, be extremely mindful if you do run ads on your videos and think of when I'm running ads for my videos, I need to make sure I'm running these just like I'm running ads for, you know, just spreading awareness about my business, right? So if you're running an ad for your website or if you're running an ad for your YouTube channel, you got to make sure that you are putting as much effort into the targeting um, on your YouTube ads as you are for, you know, if you're running ads for your website. Yeah. So in other words, if your business or, or if you're selling services or courses within US or Canada or just the English countries, make sure when you do run ads for your channel, you also target those countries because if not, you're just wasting money because then- Exactly. Turn off the Block ads. out everybody else. If you're trying to reach the US and Canada, don't run ads anywhere else. Just run ads in US and Canada and only run them for the demographics that you know that, that are converting for you. Um, and, and just focus on that for your, for your YouTube uh, channel as well because those are the people that are gonna buy from you, <laughs> right? So if, yeah. you're tr if you're running ads so that you can grow the channel but also still drive business, then in that case, you got to make sure that you are doing that correctly. If not, then you're going to end up hurting your channel by running ads compared to um, helping, you know, get things moving. Love it. So let's cover a little bit because I know you talk about this quite a little bit. Uh, quantity over quality. I know a lot of people would say, you know, make sure you get as fast as you can to publish daily content. Uh, and I'm testing that right now with my YouTube channel for like at least 30 days to see at least, you know, what's I'm running an experiment versus, hey, you should spend at least, I don't know, one, two days scripting the video, putting it together. If you have an editor that helps you that or if you do, it doesn't matter. And then just release one video that is really you know, really professional or, or things like that. Where, where do you see the line over there? In terms of quality over quantity, I think that um, that you have to balance the two because just uploading a lot of content doesn't work anymore. Like um, back in the day, you could just upload tons of content and by brute force, you would win. So these days, unfortunately, that doesn't, I mean, fortunately, because there's a lot of garbage content going out because of it. But these days that, that idea doesn't work. First, you have to make content that's effective content. So when you think of like, you know, quality over quantity, think effective, right? So if you, if you are publishing videos that people are not clicking on and they're not watching for a fair amount of time and further engaging in, and then coming back to your channel for, then in that situation, what you're doing when you're uploading daily content is you're just creating a big swell of content that nobody's responding to on your channel. So if you can learn how to get that response to where people are clicking or coming in and watching, then increasing your upload schedule does make sense because, you know, the more in theory, the more that you upload, the more people will come in. But even with that, I recommend that you test it in a 
the reason that it's important to test is because when you're uploading daily content over the course of seven days, you're basically creating all of this competition for yourself all over YouTube. So when you're uploading like once or twice or three times per week, then you have a little bit of gaps in between each video that you upload. And as a viewer, people only have so much time, right? And they have all these other channels that they're subscribed to or all these other videos that are being presented to them. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to work against yourself by constantly just uploading tons of content. You know, if people aren't coming in and they're not, in, you know, enjoying that original or not the original, but they're not enjoying the content that you're putting out, then you just have to make sure that you're not uploading so much that you're competing with yourself. Like in your case, um, as an example, what I would do is I would actually start easing up instead of just going all in and uploading 30 videos over the course of the month. What I would do is if you were uploading once a week, I would say, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm gonna do two videos a week. Then I'm gonna go the 30 days after that, I'm gonna do three videos a week. 30 days after that, I'm gonna do four videos a week. And I would start easing it in. And the reason that I would do that is so that you can start testing the tolerance of your audience. So the people that are, that are getting um, presented your content, those are the people that are gonna care about it most first. Like the people that get presented first are the people that YouTube think are the most qualified to watch your videos. What you don't want to do if your particular niche doesn't support it is you don't want to be hitting them with videos every day if they're not responding to those videos. But if you do find out because you, you know, you slowly increase your upload pace, if you do find out that, yeah, they dig daily content, then in that situation, then you can, then you can start, you know, uploading on a regular basis. Since you're already doing the video a day, see how it works out. You know, if you committed to 30 days, see how it works out. Um, um, and then after that 30 days is up, then start scaling back to, you know, see if you do five times a week instead of seven, or if you do four times or three times per week um, instead of seven, see what happens. And the, the reason that you want to experiment with that sort of thing is because for some channels, for some audiences, because everybody's, different. all of us as creators are different. All the people that watch our videos are different. All niches are different. So because of that, what you want to do is you want to notice when I upload daily, sure, I'm putting out a lot of content, but what's actually happening on the channel, how are people responding to it compared to when I upload three times per week? You know, maybe the market that I'm trying to reach, maybe they like, maybe, uh, you know, three times per week is even too much. So because of that, you just have to gauge what's happening with your channel when you are experimenting with your, uh, with your upload schedule. A really great way to kind of just get insight into how much that you should upload out of the gate is if you go into your YouTube analytics, they have a thing in there now, this is a fairly new feature to where they show you when the people that are watching your channel are the most active on your channel or on YouTube. So because of that, you can go and you can see, hey, the people that are watching my stuff are actually the most active on Tuesday and Thursday and the rest of the week, they're actually not that active on YouTube. So because of that, um, I'm going to put all of my efforts on making sure that I'm putting out awesome content on Tuesday and Thursday because that'll get me the initial view which is what I'm after if I'm trying to drive that initial revenue. Um, however, if you're trying to rank videos in search and things like that, then that sort of thing doesn't matter because you're going for your, your plan is the long game. So because of that, you know, keeping an eye on the best times to upload and things like that isn't as important because eventually you're just trying to, you know, dominate search results. Um, but if you're trying to, you know, put out content that is um, going to get attention now, then it's really important to make sure that you're also paying attention to, you know, the activity of the users that you are getting in front of on YouTube. So like, let's say, for example, that you notice, hey, on the weekend, people are really active Then upload all your videos on the weekend, you know, upload three videos, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, if that's when people are most active. Or if you notice, you know, like I mentioned before, Tuesday and Thursday are the days, then, you know, just upload on Tuesday and Thursday so that you can make sure that you're getting in front of those people while they're active on YouTube. Love it, man. So I love the fact that you mentioned about search and suggested. If you are under 10K subscribers, let's say anywhere from zero to, let's say, a couple thousands, maybe. 
where, like uh, how much of your content should be optimized for search? How much should be optimized for suggested and why? This is going to sound like a cop out, but it depends on the content and it depends on your goals. It depends on, you know, your strategy overall. So like if you're, if you're a coach or consultant, you're making how to content, I would divide it up based on, you know, what it is you're trying to target. So if you're trying to drive like revenue in terms of, you know, generate leads and sales from your content, I would try to do as much search content as you possibly can so that you can just secure those terms because they'll drive traffic to you for years to come. Um, and you're also targeting Google and the other search engines when you do that. However, the majority of traffic and watch time generated on YouTube comes from the suggested features and the homepage. So if you want to really give yourself a opportunity to get in front of tons of people very quickly, then I would make sure that you are giving yourself that opportunity by also making content that is um, a little bit more binge watching th that your audience would just care about more. Right. So it's not necessarily that you're targeting search for it, but to where it's like, you know, I got to make sure that this title is super compelling because I'm not necessarily going for the search phrase, but I'm trying to just get in front of the right viewers for this particular content. But you're increasing your chances of, of um, virality if you are from time to time making content to where you're like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to think about the problems that the people that are coming to me for my consulting are having. And I'm going to think about a title that I can write for this and what I can do in the thumbnail that is something that will resonate with them emotionally versus I'm trying to solve this problem. Here's the search result for this problem. They're coming into the video, right? And by doing that, that's going to give you a, a bigger opportunity to possibly tap into a ton more traffic um, for your YouTube channel. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and now that gets me and I know we're getting close to wrapping things up in here. At what point in time do you think it's fine for you to kind of diversify, right? So for example, if I'm doing a lot of marketing content on my channel, I also have expertise in real estate investing. And on my Instagram, a lot of times when I do polls, it seems that more people want to watch uh, <laughs> real estate content. But I, I kind of step back from even one, because uh, back about six months ago, I posted about three or four real estate investing videos and it complete, I even lost subscribers when I did that. Maybe my channel is still too small and, and you know the audience is not that big to be able to diversify and say, hey, I came here for marketing. I don't care about your real estate investing videos. <laughs> you know, get off my feed. Sure type of thing but at what point in time like is there a number that you would think hey it's now it's good to do a playlist on this and just let people know hey every saturday i post about real estate if you don't want to watch that don't show up saturday or whatever or just create a new channel on that if you have a if you have a tv channel that you watch let's say that you watch um the discovery channel and you love watching the Discovery Channel because they share like educational information on the Discovery Channel or, or whatever it is they're sharing there these days. I don't even have Discovery Channel over here. But like, let's say that you are, you know, if you watch Discovery Channel, you just love watching Discovery Channel. Every time you're like driving home from your office, you're like, hey, you know what? When I get home today, I'm going to, you know, take a shower. I'm going to kick my feet up. I'm going to, you know, sit there with, you know, my significant other. We're going to watch, you know, some shows on Discovery Channel. And I can count on Discovery Channel for showing me, you know, these particular shows. It's what I'm into. And then you sit down with your significant other and and you turn on Discovery Channel and you see cartoons. You'd be like, hey, what, what's going on here? Uh, maybe they're just doing a thing. So, you know, we, we're not going to watch that today, but, you know, we'll, we'll try it again tomorrow. Tomorrow comes up. Hey, there's cartoons again on the Discovery Channel. Pretty soon you're going to lose confidence in the Discovery Channel and you're not going to want to even, you're, you're not even going to think to watch the Discovery Channel when you get home. So the same thing applies to YouTube. You have to think again, you know, if we go back to the, the, the start of the conversation, you're making content for an audience on YouTube. So it's really important to make sure that you're really tuned into who it is that you're actually making content for on the channel and always make that content for that particular type of viewer, the things that they would be interested in. Because as soon as you start deviating from that, you start breaking things.
things. Now, with that said, you could experiment and you could make, you know, a real estate video. That video could go viral and bring you, you know, millions of views on that particular video, but that might not be what you want. Because then what happens is that video comes in and it brings you millions of views on that one video. But then YouTube notices, hey, all these people are active on this channel. They're watching this content. And then they start showing them your back library. Guess what? They're not going to click on it because they don't care about marketing. They care about real estate, right? And then it's going to hurt you long-term, even though you have this video pop and you're like, yeah. So in that situation, you know, you'd want to, you know, just completely change all the content that you're going to real estate content and make all the other stuff private so that, so that, you know, those people aren't getting served that, um, that older content that isn't relevant to them. So the idea is just focus on the viewer and the things that they care about. And if you focus on that, then YouTube will turn into a machine for you. Like my channel, for example, literally every single video on my channel, if you're a content creator, it doesn't matter where you are in the process. If you go to my YouTube channel, if YouTube is, is showing you content from my channel, um, they're recommending it to you. Every single video has something that you're going to care about. Now, some of it is nuanced, like live streaming content. If you're not into live streaming yet, um, or if you're not into live streaming now, then that content, you're not going to click on it. That's fine. But down the road, there's a really good chance if you're a content creator in any way, shape or form that eventually you're probably going to get that bug and you're going to start, you're going to start at least giving live streaming a shot. And when you do, you're going to have to go and learn how to do it. And when you are seeing those videos on my channel, when I'm popping them up, you're going to know, you know what? I need to go to Nick's channel because he's got, he's got some stuff on live streaming or, Hey, I'm taking a, a business trip. I'm not going to have my camera with me. I'm not going to have all my gear. I need to make some videos on my phone while I'm on the road. I need to watch some videos on that. That's right. You know what? Nick has videos on that. So basically what I'm doing is I'm focusing every single piece of content on my channel towards content creators, right? To YouTubers specifically, but you know, some of the, some of the information carries over, you know, depending on you know, like live streaming, you can do that, you know, on most of the platforms, mobile content, making videos, you can do that everywhere. Um, but my channel focuses on content creators. That's who I am trying to reach with my content. So it doesn't matter what video gets shown to them. It's something that's relevant to them. It's something that they care about. And because of that, it keeps people coming back to my channel on a regular basis. They might not watch every video that I upload, but YouTube starts identifying this content, this, this, um, uh, this pillar of content when we show it to them, um, you know, because they're interacting with Nick's channel, we tried live. They didn't respond to it. Let's try some mobile stuff. Hey, these people are digging the mobile stuff. Let's start showing them all Nick's mobile stuff, right? So what you're doing in that situation is you're making content for that, you know, that perfect viewer that you're trying to reach that you're gonna, you know, eventually turn into a lead. Maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's today when they watch that video, maybe it's a year from now, but you're gonna turn them into a lead because you've created an entire channel that is a resource for that type of person that you're trying to um, share your, your, your products and services with. In other words, don't make content for the algorithm, make content for the viewer. The people, right? And don't make it for yourself. Like that sounds bizarre, but like if you, if you're an entertainment channel or you're like a vlogger, then things are a little bit different, but even still you're making content for an audience. Like, you know, like, like your, your, your podcast, you're making this podcast for an audience. You're making this for other people to consume because of that. You're asking questions that your audience would care about so that I can answer those so they can get value out of the show. The same exact thing applies to YouTube. You got to think the people that are watching my stuff, what do they really care about? Like, do they really care about, um, you know, how to work with Facebook ads or what they really care about is, you know what? I don't want to put a ton of time because I'm trying to run my business. I don't want to put a ton of time into, you know, trying to, you know, just go into Facebook and figure out how to do Facebook ads. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to his channel 
and I'm going to just watch a video because he makes it easy for me to understand how to do these Facebook ads. So the thing isn't necessarily, of course, they want to know how to do the Facebook ads, but they're also wanting to save time. They're not wanting to go in and figure it out themselves. They're wanting to um, learn from somebody that they can easily understand through the way that they communicate so that they can take the information they learn there, apply it, and then get on with whatever whatever else it is that they're doing, right? So you just have to think about the people that are watching your content. What is it they really care about? What is it they really want from you? And how can you deliver that to them in the best possible way? And the better you get at that, and the deeper that you can understand your audience, the, the better everything is gonna go on your YouTube channel. And not only will you turn it into an asset for driving you leads and sales, literally, constantly, but you'll also turn it into an asset in terms of generating ad revenue from it and being able to do additional things just because of your YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel might get you on stages if that's something that you're wanting to do. Your YouTube channel will also open up tons of doors for you in terms of people that you'll have access to just because you have a big YouTube channel. So, you know, things like that, you know, are also uh, just a side effect that come with having a successful YouTube channel. So focus on the audience and the things they care about and then all of the other stuff, you know, all the other stuff is just a side effect of making awesome content that people enjoy. Love it, man. So what I'd like to do in every episode is I like to ask two questions, like super specific. One thing that people can do right at the end of this episode, and then another thing that they can do long-term. So something short-term, super tactical at the end of this episode, and then another thing that they can do for the next six months, of course, to grow their YouTube channel. So the very first thing um, they can do right now, as soon as this episode is finished, um, what I would love for everybody to do is go into your YouTube analytics. And, you know, depending on, you know, the type of background that you came from, analytics might look intimidating for some people, other people, it'll be no sweat. But basically what you want to do is you want to go into your YouTube analytics and you want to start clicking on your videos. Um, and you, once you click in your videos over on the left-hand side, if you're on a computer, you'll see the analytics tab for that specific video. So you want to look at this at the video level. Um, and then you want to go into something called your audience retention report, which is going to be under a reach tab. It's called reach. And when you click in your audience retention report, the reason I want you to go in there is because a lot of people will upload content to YouTube, but they're not paying attention to how people respond to it. So what I want you to do is I want you to go into your audience retention report and see how people are responding to your content because your audience retention report is a second by second recording of sorts. Um, it's a second by second graph or display of how people are responding to your videos, exactly where they leave your videos. Um, you know, it's, it's a performance indicator of how well you or how good you are at keeping people watching your content. So go in and look at your audience retention reports. And while you're doing that, have a notepad and start literally taking notes on, hey, this block of time, people stayed for that. What was I doing during that block of time? Here, people left. What happened? Did I have an intro playing? Did I have a 10 second intro and a lot of people left during that intro? I lost 10, 15% of my viewership during that intro. If so, maybe I need to reconsider um, having an intro and start looking at how all of, you know, start taking notes because you want to see how all of those things measure up across all the content that you're looking at so that you can look for patterns in your audience retention and you can start defining, huh, when I do this, people seem to stay and watch the video. When I do this, people tend to leave. And it's gonna start giving you clues on how your audience is responding to what it is that you're doing so that you can make better content for them. And again, the better you serve your audience on YouTube, the better YouTube is going to treat you in terms of showing you, you know, to more and more people on the platform, which is gonna help, you know, your business grow and your channel grow and all of that. Um, also do the same exact thing for your click-through rate. When you go for your click-through rate and you're looking at your click-through rate, look at your click-through rate 
rate and how it compares to the impressions that you're getting. Um, if you have a low amount of impressions, then having a higher click-through rate doesn't really mean a lot. Like if you have 50 views on your video or 50 impressions, but you have like a 10% click-through rate, doesn't mean a lot. If you have 100,000 impressions, it's starting to mean something, right? So you wanna make sure that that click-through rate is high, but you don't wanna just look at the funnel that they show you. You actually wanna click into your, the see more option that you're gonna see on in your analytics under your traffic sources. Click on the see more, and then it's gonna open up a whole other panel, and then you can see the specific traffic sources that you're getting that click-through rate from. So what you wanna do, if you are targeting search, you wanna start finding a baseline on your channel. My videos that perform well with about this many impressions, they maintain a click-through rate of about XYZ, right? And you wanna start noting that down as well so you can create a baseline so that you can actually identify what performing content looks like on your channel so that if things are not performing, you can go and modify things as you need to um, in order to try to get those videos to perform better um, on YouTube. So that's a thing that you can do right now. Um, in addition to that, for the long game, literally sit down, figure out exactly what it is that you want from your YouTube channel, figure out how you track what that thing is that you want out of your YouTube channel. If it's leads, then figure out, okay, how am I going to track this? Do I need to put, you know, like um, redirects on my website so that I can track um, the links that people are clicking, um, you know, for different things. Like, let's say I make one video and I, for the sake of tracking, I have in my description, um, you know, to hire me for this, um, you know, click here um, to get more information, click here so that you can start figuring out how you can funnel people around your YouTube channel. For example, are people wanting to click and just talk to you directly um, and, and contact you directly? directly or are they wanting to get a little bit of information first where you got to warm them up, drive them into an email list and then start, you know, getting them that way. And another thing in that situation is you can also think about retargeting them because they're hitting your website, you know, that sort of stuff as well. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about exactly what it is that you want and how you're going to target it and then, or how you're going to track it, I mean, and then literally map out the next, you know, six months or years worth of content that will help serve your goal of whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish. So when you figure out this is what I want and this is how I'm going to track it, then figure out, okay, what videos do I need to make in order to get in front of the right people that are going to take these actions that will hire me or buy whatever it is that I have? Um, what content do I need to make to get in front of the right people that are going to come in and, and, and make those transactions? That's Man, what I'm Man, you killed it. This is like a one hour, I shouldn't even call it crash course. This is like a, a, like a whole... <laughs> tutorial step-by-step step with like probably 10 videos in a playlist. So really appreciate you. If people want My to get pleasure. in touch, thank you for having me on. hundred percent, man. If people want to get in touch with you, what's your favorite spot for people to contact you or maybe check out your website? Yeah, you can go to nicknimmon.com, N-I-C-K-N-I-M-M-I-N.com. Um, I actually have a course um, that I'm actually going into beta for this coming week. And then about 30 days from now, it'll be open to the public. So at the very top of that webpage, if you're interested in that, um, I have a um, I have a little navigation button that says YouTube course. Click on that. Make sure that you sign up so that you can be notified when that comes out. If you're especially if you're just getting started on YouTube or let's say that you have under 100,000 subscribers on your channel, you definitely want to uh, you know, be notified when that comes out um, and you want to take part. Awesome, man. And we'll make sure we'll link that up in the description and in the show notes of this episode. So again, really appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot for your time and looking forward. Thank you for yours, man. I appreciate it. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you. I hope, I hope everybody got some value out of this. <laughs> man, I got like tremendous value. So the audience will just love it. Uh, we'll probably even break this down into a couple of things because this is like, 
like way too much to consume in one single spot. But hopefully we'll get to do one in person. I don't know, maybe at a conference if you guys are coming, you and your brother, if, you, if you're going to be at any conferences in the in the future. But we'll stay in touch for that. Absolutely. Yeah, Thank I think so I think um, Vid Summit just got canceled, but they are because that's like my my conference of choice, so to speak. So um, so that just got canceled. So they are doing a virtual version of that. So definitely make sure that um, that you at the very least check out the virtual version of Vid Summit. And the reason that I'm recommending that particular conference is because that conference is YouTube specific for people that are actually trying to drive revenue, leads, sales, and all of the stuff that we've been talking about here. That particular conference is for that specifically. So make sure that you check that out as well. Love it, man. Well, thanks a lot again. Thank you. Hey, podcast listeners. I want you to know that I really appreciate your attention and I don't take it lightly. That's why each month we pick a lucky winner and we give away books, mentorship, software, courses, iPads, and other cool stuff. The way to enter is go to clientacquisitionpodcast.com and sign up. You'll get all the details there. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.